0: Psalm 40, Psalm 40, we'll start there, Psalm 40, uh, read a few verses here, Psalm 40, and we'll read verses one through four, one through four of Psalm 40. Say this, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. And he brought me up also out of an horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. And he hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man that maketh the Lord his trust and respecteth not the proud, nor such as turn aside to lies. Psalm 40, verses 1 through 4. Let's pray again together, please. (laughs) Heavenly Father, again, Lord, we thank you for your goodness and mercy and grace. And Lord, we thank you, Lord, that Jesus did come to the earth. And uh, Lord, was born and he came to die, as was mentioned, dear Lord. He said, for this purpose came I into the world. (laughs) when he stood before uh, Pilate, and so he wasn't taken by surprise, he was in control uh, the whole time, just like he's in control right now, and so I'm glad that we can trust him, we can rest in his faithfulness, Lord, we can just lean on him with whatever might be going on in our life tonight. Lord, I do pray that you'd help us uh, to lean on him. Uh, Lord, as we think about the many that are sick among us and many that have uh, serious needs and a lot going on in their life, Lord, that we've just cast all our burdens upon you right now, uh, dear God, entrust you with it. Lord, we pray for those that are traveling we think of uh, uh, Brother uh, Johnson and the family here. We think of Sister Karen. We think of the woods and others, dear God, that will be on the road. Lord, please watch over them and keep uh, them safe. And thank you that for these to get to travel and be with loved ones uh, during this time. And those that can't, Lord, we pray that you'd uh, comfort them. Lord, we do thank you again for uh, this uh, Dawson family and uh, others uh, that were mentioned, Lord, this one that Sharon mentioned, the great, uh, grave situation there. We ask you to have mercy. We pray if there's uh, needs of salvation among these, dear God, that you would uh, bring the right people into the, to their life. And so, Lord, we just uh, praise you tonight. We glory in you. Lord, we're th- so thankful that we have your word that we can turn to. Uh, Lord, to encourage us along the way. So again, now we yield ourselves and commit ourselves to Thee. In Jesus' name, amen. And uh, uh, we look at these uh, uh, verses, and uh, exciting. I like verse 1. says, I waited patiently for the Lord. And so uh, uh, first off there again is uh, don't give up. Hey, listen, you have something that you've been taking to the Lord for a long time, and you have a prayer request, and you're wondering why it uh, isn't uh, isn't, uh, uh, answered yet. Hey, uh, listen, uh, wait patiently for the Lord. Listen, it's uh, not always easy, and uh, but listen, hey, the Lord hears your prayer. And I, I think about that, uh, you know, sometimes we're like that, that, that uh, Christian I, I I heard about. He was going through a time of frustration, man, he was really frustrated about something, and he was praying about something, and uh, he's at home, and uh, one of his friends happened to stop by and just see, man, he just, he just went and sat down. And he just kept pacing back and forth, pacing back and forth. His friend goes, well, you know, hey, what's wrong? What's the problem? He says, well, the <laughs> problem is I'm in a hurry, but God's not. You ever feel that way? Huh? I'm in a hurry, but God's not. Uh, I'm sure we feel a lot of that time, way in prayer when we're praying, especially for a lot of physical needs or, or situation. And we're like, you know, hey, hey, you know, come on, Lord. And, you know, you didn't check my schedule today. You know, find out how I expect things to go. And uh, like I said, you know, he's never late, but we certainly do wish he was early. And so, uh, uh, but listen, uh, just, uh, you know, hold on and wait for him and just keep uh, praying and trusting him because he will, like it says here, he inclined unto me and heard my cry. And so I didn't give up. I kept praying. I kept going to him and taking it to him. And finally, amen, because I didn't give up one day, he, he listened up, amen. And he showed up, he inclined. That word inclined means to stretch out or extend. And so, thank God, one day he extended his ear towards me. He says, man, uh, who's that I right hear over there uh, crying out to me? And then he stretched out his hand, amen? He extended his ear, he heard my prayer, and then he reached down, amen, and uh, he helped me. Psalm 17:6 says, I have called upon thee, for thou wilt hear me, O God. Incline thine ear unto me, and hear uh, uh, my speech, you know, uh, as, as we think about uh, you know, not as many, going to get to be like Sister Sarah mentioned. We're not going to get to be with maybe as many loved ones as we like through this time or, or because of the situation, not as many people are, are uh, getting together. But uh, thank the Lord we can uh, uh, still pray for these and pray for these uh, situation and know that the Lord's listening. And so I like this. He listened up and then he brought me up. He brought me up also out of a horrible pit. And out of the miry clay and set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. So he brought me up. That means he moved me to a higher place. And boy, I I thank God. You know, I thought about this. I'm not at the highest point I'm going, Amen. I'm still uh, moving up. I'm still learning. I'm still growing, Amen. Uh, uh, like the, the the song says, Amen. Um, I'm headed on the upward way, gaining new heights every day. But thank God, even though I might not be at the highest point I'm going, I have already been delivered from the lowest point I can go. So remember that when you're feeling down, when you're feeling uh, discouraged, and you're feeling kind of low, listen. You can't get no lower than you were before the day uh, you got saved. He can't get no worse, uh, worser, as they say, amen. Can't get no, can't get no worser than that. But he delivered us from a horrible pit and a miry clay and no doubt we were in an awful state. So I'm going through these quickly because I want to have a point I want to get to. And what did he do? He brought me up and he set me up. He set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. He set my feet somewhere on a rock 1 Corinthians 3.11 says this, for no other foundation can be laid than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. And we know, amen, uh, uh, that he put us upon that, that rock. And what we need to realize, it matters where your feet are. Hey, you need to think, hey, it matters where your feet are tonight. Proverbs 4.26 says this, ponder the path of thy feet. It matters where your feet are. It matters where your feet take you. And let all thy ways be established. It matters the way, where your feet are. It matters the path that you walk in. Uh, of course, uh, Psalm 1 verses 1 through 3 say this, Blessed is the man that walketh not. Amen. There's some places, hey, young people, there's some places that you need to be walking, but you know what? There's some places you don't need to be walking. Hey, listen, uh, you, listen you are not missing anything out there, right? And uh, nothing in the Bible says that our children need to go through a time period where they fall into sin and get away from the Lord, and then, you know, they come back later. There's nothing that says that uh, young people that are raised in a a good home can't walk with God all the days of their life and keep their life uh, pure. Yes, in this day and age, young people can still be pure when they get married. Amen. People can still uh, uh, be doing right. Uh, uh, all the days of their life, there's no a reason that people have to fall into sin and, 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 and uh, have scars in their life. Hey, thank God you could be forgiven out of it, but it's better if you don't have to be forgiven. It's better if you just don't do it, amen? It's better if you just don't uh, uh, go there. You know, you need to thank God if you have parents that love you and care about you and, and try to, uh, to raise you right. You, listen, I don't know if you appreciate it right now, but oh man, may God help you uh, to appreciate it and be thankful that you have parents, amen, that have a desire for you to be raised in the right way and want your feet in the right place. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of God, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Boy, he's walking that way, and the next thing you know, he's standing the way, the next thing you know, he's uh, uh, sitting that way. Well, the best way is just to stay away from it. The best thing is what? If his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. Boy, fall in love with the Word of God and fall in love with the God of the Word. Fall in love with this book. We talked about reading the Bible through. I pray that you love the Word of God. You know, I, I tell you all the time how, I, how I, I, you know, I pray every morning. Of course, I pray for you, and I, but I, I pray for my children, even though my, my children are married. I, every morning, I pray for, when I pray for my children, you know that, and that includes my son-in-laws. Yes, I pray for my, my son-in-laws. I know they think, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really not as mean as they think I am. I hope, at least I hope not. But, you know, I pray for them every morning. I pray for my children. I say, I say Lord, whoever in my family needs to be saved, save them. And then I say, Lord, Please, when my children get up this morning, this is how I pray every morning. I said, Lord, please turn their heart towards the Word of God. Lord, when my when I think about when my son-in-laws, when they get up for work and then my children get up, I, I pray, try to pray every morning for my children. Say, Lord, Please, may they wake up this morning with a desire for the Word of God. May they wake up and may their heart have a desire to turn towards the Word of God. I pray that for my children. I pray for that for my grandchildren, even though they're just learning to read. Amen. I say, even there now, I pray, Lord, break down the strongholds and, Lord, turn their heart towards the word of God and that's the right way to pray I mean you look at this precious child right now and you think oh she does hey listen that's the age even before they're born you need to pray Lord turn their heart towards the word of God listen I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth turn their heart towards uh, the word of God but his delight it's not just that he reads it You know, just because, well, I'm a Christian, I'm supposed to read the Bible. No, I don't want somebody just to read out of a a routine or going through the motions. I want them to delight in the word of God. I want them to desire uh, the word of God. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. And what happens? He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. God, amen, God has a season for you. Hey, young people, you think, hey, listen, it doesn't matter that there's already been thousands of years of Christianity... Hey, if the Lord tarries, the Lord has a season for you. The Lord has something that he wants to do in and through you. Amen. He's got fruit he wants to produce in your life and through your life. Even the youngest child here, if he should tarry, he's got something, amen, that he wants to do in their life. need to realize that, amen, that bringeth forth fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Some other good verses about that. Psalm 119 a good psalm. matter of fact, I'm reading through that psalm right now. It says, I thought on my ways, and you know what? I turned my feet into thy testimonies. Well, when he got thinking about, hey, what's the right thing to do? The right thing to do is turn my feet towards the word of God. Turn my way towards the word of God. Uh, 119, 101, I have refrained my feet from every evil way that I might keep that word. You see what he did? He stopped his feet from going in the wrong place. Amen. And he motivated his feet to go in the right place. (laughs) That's what you need to do, children. Amen. Remember this. We all know that verse, the steps of a good man. But you know what goes along with that? That includes the stops. The stops of a good man and the steps of a good man. Just like Paul, the Lord, the Holy Spirit stopped him from going into Asia, right? He'll tell you when to stop. He'll tell you when to start. And he'll tell you where to step in your life. And that's why he's given his word. Psalm 119, 105. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Boy, this book, amen? This book is better than a GPS, amen? It'll guide you in the right direction. So he said there, he set my feet upon a rock. It matters where your feet are standing tonight, and I pray that your feet are standing in the right place, especially young people. Amen. He set me up and he held me up. Amen. Not only when he set you up, but he, Amen. He'll hold you up. He says, and he says this word, established my goings. Boy, that word, established. Amen. Uh, he, I mean, he wants to make you steadfast in the way. That established means to stand in an upright position, right? And uh, 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 be steadfast in the direction you are going. Psalm 32, eight says, I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go, and I will guide thee with mine eye. Thank God. He's there to instruct us. He's there to teach us. He's there to guide us, so there's no excuse for showing up in the wrong place. There's no excuse for your feet being someplace that they, they shouldn't be. There's no excuse for you, amen. Something going on in your life that shouldn't be going on in your life, because the Lord is there to instruct you, to teach you, and guide you along the way. And so I like this. He says, uh, "So, man, just, just, just what a, just what a, 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 a beautiful." Uh, pattern you see here you know listen I didn't give up I kept praying and because I didn't give up he listened up and because uh and when he listened up he brought me up and after he brought me up he said he he set me up and now what he do he held me up amen the reason amen when I got saved he set my feet in the right direction and 33 years later why am I still here because he's continued to hold me up he's continued to sustain me and so you know what I can do now, you may not want to hear it, but it's now I can sing up. Amen. Hey, look at this. I love this. And he hath put a new song in my mouth. It's a new song. It's not one of these modern songs, amen. It's a good song, amen. A new song. I like that. Psalm 33 3 says this Sing unto him a new song, play skillfully. With a loud noise. I like that. A new song. I like this in Revelation 5, 9. says, and they sung a a new song. Hey, I love the old hymns, amen. But listen, if I'm going to get a new song, I want it from him, amen. Hey, I like his new songs. And they sung a new song saying, thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. And boy, they sung a new song in heaven. Hey, we know we're going to sing a new song in heaven, but God's got a new song for you. Think about this. A new song is created anytime someone gets saved. A new song is written every time somebody when the moment you got saved, a new song was written. So what do you mean a new song was written? Your testimony is a new song. Amen. Hey, listen, you read the Psalms, and what's it about? The Psalms, which are songs, are a lot about what? Personal experiences. Personal experiences uh, with God. And that's what you're... Hey, listen, that's all I'd say. Well, I don't know how to write a song. Hey, listen, uh, you just get up. Listen, there's not a more beautiful sound that can be sung than telling somebody what Jesus Christ did in your life and how your life was changed by the grace of God, by the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, yes, everybody should be able to write at least have one new song in their life. Amen. Their testimony of what Jesus Christ, your testimony is a new song. You Say, well, hey, hey, I like that new song the Lord gave me. I I like that testimony to have. Well, you know what? You can write another song. You see, uh, when God helps you through a difficult time, that's another testimony you can give. And you know what? That's another new song that you can share with somebody. Hey, listen, I, I, I was in this situation. I didn't know how I was going to get through. Oh, but one day God in his grace set the right person my way. Or God in his grace gave me the wisdom I needed. Or God in his grace moved in and, and, and took that obstacle out of my way. Or God that day came in and gave me what I needed just to keep on uh, moving forward for him. Amen. Those are, When that happened happens and you give that testimony, that's a new song that God has put in your heart. That's God, something that God has personally given you to use to praise him and to bring honor and glory to him. That should put a new song in your heart and in your mouth. Uh, said it this way. Now think about it this way. It says he brought me up out of the mire. One said it this way. I, I, I I like the way one person said he said, he said, I went from the mire to the choir Amen? I haven't quite made it to the choir. Nobody will let me in. But But uh, I like that. Think about it that way. I went from the mire to the choir. I was down here in the mire and I had nothing but things to complain about. I just had a messed up life. But one day Set me up. He brought me up. He established me. Amen. And he took me from the mire to the choir. And now I've got a new song in my heart about how he changed my life. I've got I've got songs that I, over the last thirty three years. Amen. God's been writing new songs in my life as he meets my needs, as he carries me through, as he works in me and through me. He's right, amen, I, I got a whole songbook by it. I'm about ready to, amen, put one songbook, start working on another after 33 years, amen, got quite a few songs that I could put in a songbook to his praise and his honor and glory, and because, you know what, he lets me sing it up, you know what I want to do? I want to live it up, amen, I want to live it up to his honor and glory, and that's exactly what it says here, look at this, verse 3, and he hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God, and it says what? many shall see it. Well, how can they see it? Well, you think, well, it's a song. People should hear it. Hey, not only do they hear it, but they see it because it's being lived out in my life. You see, they see it. You know why? Because I didn't keep it to myself. I didn't keep that song to myself. I've lived out that song. You see, the best way to sing a new song the best way to sing a new song is through a life that is in tune with God. Amen? And I always joke, I couldn't carry a tune in a bucket. Hey, uh, maybe I can't sing in tune, but I can live in tune. Amen? I know I can at least live in tune. I can live in tune to the Word of God. I can live in tune to the Spirit of God and so it says that's the best way to sing a new song through a life that is in tune with God and many shall and what will they do they will fear and shall trust the Lord you see what an exciting testimony what they saw in me the reality of a changed life the reality of the grace of God the reality of the power of God the reality of the mercy of God that they've seen in my life it made a difference in somebody else's life. Boy, that's a wonderful song right there. I made it. A, a good neighbor, I made a difference in somebody's life by living out that new song, by living out my testimony. It made a difference in somebody else's life. And so you know what? Amen. Because I'm living up now, I'm filled up. Verse four, blessed is the man that maketh the Lord his trust blessed you know what that word blessed means it means to be or live in a state this word here means in a state of bliss which is the highest degree of happiness and or more appropriately of heavenly joys today i am full of the i'm full of happiness i'm full of the joy of the lord i'm blessed because of what Jesus Christ has done in and through my life. Another reason I am blessed, amen, because look at this. I know who to follow and I know who not to follow. Look at this verse. Blessed is the man that maketh the Lord his trust. You see, he knows who to follow and respecteth not the proud, nor such as turn aside the lies. You see, I know who to follow and I know who not to follow. I'm blessed. And that's important to know who to follow and also who not to follow. Think about this, young people. Young people need to know who to follow, and they also need to know who not to follow. Because I think sometimes as parents, we think just because we show them who to follow, that they will automatically know who not to follow. (laughs) No, we have to show them both. Just like you not only have to teach people not to do bad, you also have to teach them to do good. There's a difference. We can't always just say, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this as Christians. We also have to say, you also need to do this and do this and do this. This is the wrong thing to do, and this is the right thing to do. This is the, wrong, this is the right person to follow, or this is the right crowd to follow, or this is the wrong person to follow, and this is the wrong crowd to follow. Because if we don't teach them both, they will know they will know who to follow, but they will not know who not to follow. And you know what? They'll end up trying to follow both crowds. <laughs> That's how they get messed up. Trying to follow, both crowds say, No, it's okay to follow this one, don't follow that one. My, I, blessed is the man that maketh the Lord his trust. He knows who to follow, but respecteth not the proud, nor such as turn aside to lies. They turn from God's truth, amen, to follow lies. Life is about who are you going to trust, a living God or a dying man. So teach your children not only who to follow, but who not to follow. So uh, uh, quickly as I try to finish up, I'm actually going to jump to another place. Turn over to Jeremiah 38. I want to give you this real quickly as we're finishing up. Praise God that he's pulled us up out of a horrible pit. But here's the great thing. He's pulled us up out of a horrible pit, and now you know what he wants to do? He wants to use us amen, to help pull others out of pits that they have in their life, that they find themselves in. Praise God wants to help us pull people out of a horrible pit. He wants to use us. And a great illustration of this is found with Jeremiah, and we'll just read verses 8 through 16. I want to give this to you quickly, how God wants to use you to pull others out of a horrible pit. Now, when Abimelech, now remember, some people had gotten mad at Jeremiah because he had talked about how God was going to take out uh, the nation, and if they would just yield to their enemies, God would watch over them, right? And they said, oh, you're treasonous, and so he's put fear in the hearts of the people. So the princes came, and they put him in this pit. So we'll pick up at verse 6. Then took they Jeremiah, Jeremiah 38, and cast him into the dungeon of Melchiah, the son of Hamelech, that was in the court of the prison, and they let down Jeremiah with cords. And in the dungeon there was no water but mire. So Jeremiah sunk in the mire. Now when Abedmelech, the Ethiopian, one of the eunuchs, which was in the king's house, heard that they had put Jeremiah in the dungeon, the king then setting in the gate of Benjamin, Abedmelech, Went forth out of the king's house and spake to the king, saying, My lord, the king, these men have done evil in all that they have done to Jeremiah the prophet, whom they have cast into the dungeon, and he is like to die for hunger in the place where he is, for there is no more bread in the city. Then the king commanded. Ebe- ebed melech the Ethiopian, saying, "Take from hence thirty men with thee, and take up Jeremiah the prophet out of the dungeon before he died." So ebed melech took the men with him and went into the house of the king under the treasury, and he took thence old, old, old cast clouts and old rotten rags. Think about that, and let them down by cords into the dungeon to Jeremiah. And Ebedmelech, melech the Ethiopian, said unto Jeremiah, "But now these old." Put now these old clouts and rotten rags under thine armholes, under the cords, and Jeremiah did so. So verse 13, so they drew up Jeremiah with cords and took him out of the dungeon, and Jeremiah remained in the court of the prison. What a beautiful illustration this is of people working together to pull somebody out, amen, who's gotten down into a terrible pit. You see, there are a lot of people that are sunk in the mire, They are stuck at a certain place in life. Now, of course, when we think about this, we think about people that are stuck in their sin. And, of course, we know there are people that are in the mire of sin all around us. But you need to realize there are more pits. That the worst one, of course, is sin. But there are other pits that people fall into. Do you know that believers sometimes even fall into a pit and people fall into the mire of places? Right Uh, there, you think about that. There's the pit of discouragement. There's the pit of jealousy. There's the pit of unfruitfulness, of selfishness, of fear, of grief, of pain. But there's a lot of things, amen, that uh, 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 people in the world or even believers can fall into and get down and get discouraged. And you know what they need? They need somebody like this dear man here, Ebedmelech. And look what he did. For second time, I'll just read it. They need somebody in their life like him. Someone that cares enough to intercede before the king on their behalf. They need somebody. They need people in their life that care. Just like we talked about being a good neighbor the other day, there's people all around us. They've gotten into discouragement. They've gotten defeated Uh, uh, for whatever reason. Amen. They're going through this difficult time in their life because of what's going on. And boy, they just feel, amen, like they're in the, the pit of despair if you will. And they need somebody, they need people in their life, amen, that care enough to go before the king and be willing to intercede on their behalf. And what a privilege it is for us, like we've mentioned, I know I keep mentioning this because it's so important during this time, and what a privilege it is for us to be able to go before the king on behalf of others that are stuck in a horrible pit, whether it's a loved one or somebody that needs to be saved, or whether it's a fellow believer, and I I, I I know some that have gotten down and got discouraged and are really going through a difficult time and need somebody, amen, that's willing to intercede on their behalf. And you remember, he went to the king, and the king gave him 30 men. Someone that's willing to intercede. Someone that is willing, if necessary, even to lead a team. The king gave him a team, amen? Hey, listen, the king has given us a team to help pull people out of the pit, amen? We are the king's team. And he gave him a good number of men. Why? Because he knew there would be opposition to getting uh, that, to getting Jeremiah out of the pit. There were people that wanted to stop them. Listen, hey, if you are serious about trying to witness to somebody, if you are serious about getting somebody the gospel, listen, there's going to be opposition. Hey, listen, and you need a team with you. You need people that'll join you in prayer. You need maybe somebody that'll go with that person and talk to them with you. But that's why it's so important as a church to operate as a team. Somebody that's willing to lead a team, to handle the opposition of the enemy. Sometimes it just takes a team to go out and a team to fight the battle on behalf of others. And that's what we do. Hey, I I, I was talking to Sister uh, 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 Cref uh, the other day. You know, she's got cancer and she's going through a difficult time because of some other things going on. And I let her know. I said, Sister, you know, we're there for you. You know. We care about what's going on in your life. Amen. We're, I said, don't you worry, sister. Uh, we're going to be there for you. And I'm glad that I can say, hey, listen, uh, listen, don't you get down. Don't you fall into a pit of discouragement, sister. I want you to know we're praying for you and we care about what's going on in your life. And I want everybody, amen, that might be listening in and they haven't been to church in a while and they you get lonely and, boy, the devil gets in your mind and you might be in a pit. I want you to know, amen, that we care. Amen. And we want to pull you out. Amen. We want to pull at work as a team uh, to keep you going. Someone willing to lead the team. But look at verse 11 for a second quickly. It says this. So Abimelech took the men with him. And where did they go? And went into the house of the king. Amen. Hey, that's the place to be. And look what they found. It says, they went into the house of the king under the treasury, and they took thence old cast clouds and old rotten rags, and let them down by cords into the dungeon of Jeremiah. You know, see, did you notice that? They found what they needed in the house of the king. Amen. Hey, listen, if you want to help somebody, I'm here to tell you, You'll find what you need to help people in the house of the king. That's the best place you can go. Get to the house of the king, and boy, the, the king will help you find what you need to help get somebody out of the pit. And I like that. It says, look what they found. It says, old cast clouds and old rotten rags. Hey, they didn't look like, they didn't look like much. Some might have said, well, you know, let's wait till we get something better. It says again, one, one, old, one old rag wouldn't have done it. But bound together, they got the job done, and the mission was accomplished. Now, just take, get, get that picture right there. Now, I don't, you know, that was probably old pieces of clothing, but I brought some of my rags for my. My wife said, what's in, why you got rags in there? I said, well, I want to show this. Look at these old rags. Look here. Uh, uh, this looks like an old rag for the automobile. Uh, this is one of my old socks. Had a hole in it, so I threw it in the rag. Bag. That's another one. I'm, I always put holes in my socks, so I got lots. I got lots of old socks in my rag, my rag box, and old thing here. But you know, th- these are just rag. They don't look like much. They don't look like much, and just one of them wouldn't reach very far. Amen. But you know what? You you, you tie them together. You bind them together, amen, and they, they get stronger, and you know what? They reach a little further, amen? You bind those old rags together, and they reach a little further. Of course, you, hopefully you were in the Navy, and you know how to tie a good knot. I don't know. I wasn't in the Navy. I was in, I was in the Army, amen? We know how to shoot people. We don't know how to tie knots very good, amen? We can barely tie our shoes in the infantry, right? But listen, you don't have to be much to do much. You don't have to be much to do much. These kids, kids say, oh, well, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to do that. But remember, you don't have to be much to do much. 1 Corinthians 1, 26 through 31 says, For you see your calling, brother. We know these verses, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God had chosen the foolish things of the world. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Stuart, man, that's, about, that's, a, that's a snotty old rag right there. Yeah, that's probably, I'm, I'm, I'm not much. I'll admit that. I'm just, a, I'm just a, oh, nothing. But that's okay. I'm here's nothing. Amen? I'm his nothing. But God has chosen the foolish things in order to confound the wise. God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. And the base things of the world, which are despised, hath God chosen, yea, and things which are not, to bring to naught things that are. Boy, just a, just a bunch of old rags, something that people would look over and say, ah, oh, that guy. Boy, when you're a little kid, oh, boy, people said, say, ah, oh, that, that, that kid will never amount to much. Oh, she'll never amount to much. Oh, no. No, no, they won't amount to up by themselves, but in the hand of God. But in the hand of God, no telling how they can be used. No telling how they can be done. And you know what? Listen, uh, by ourselves, we may not be able to accomplish much. But you know what? If we'll lock arms, amen, if we'll bind ourselves together, we can reach together, together. If we'll bind ourselves together in prayer, if we'll bind ourselves together in faith, if we'll let our hearts be knit together in love, let me tell you, together as a team through our prayers and by the grace of God, we can reach into the deepest pit that somebody might find themselves out there by the hand of God and we can help, amen, anybody out there, no matter what their situations are, no matter what their circumstances are, there's nobody out there that we can't, in the hand of God, and working together and binding ourselves together, help out, amen, if we'll just give ourselves to God. That no, Why? Here, here's the reason. That no flesh should glory in His presence. Boy, hey, hey, listen, them old rags, listen, when they told Jeremiah, rags didn't have nothing to brag about them old rags didn't have nothing to brag about hey they were in the hand of those men but yes yeah, and those rags couldn't have done it without them hey listen uh, we're, we're nothing but in the hand of God we can get the job done so the Lord and you know what happened the Lord blesses those that have compassion on others let's finish with these verses chapter 39 verses 15 through 18 say this the Lord blesses those that have compassion on others and the Lord watch over at Jeremiah 39, 15 through 18 says, Now the word of the Lord came unto Jeremiah while he was shut up in the court of the prison, saying, Go speak to Abed melech the Ethiopian, saying, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel Behold, I will bring my words upon this city for evil and not for good, and they shall be accomplished in that day before. Because I'm getting ready to judge this place. But I will deliver thee in that day, saith the Lord, and thou shalt not be given into the hand of the man of whom thou art afraid. For I will surely deliver thee. I will surely deliver thee into the hand. I will surely deliver thee, and thou shalt not fall by the sword. But thy life shall be for a prey unto thee, because thou hast put trust in me, saith the Lord. You see, amen? He let God use him, and then God blessed him and watched over him. So, I finish with this. May we be thankful for our deliverance. But may again, may we commit ourselves to working together to help others that are stuck in horrible pits. Pulling others up. Helping others find a new song in their life. Helping others get their feet headed in the right direction. We do that, amen? Amen. We'll be blessed. We'll be blessed. So, what a wonderful thing. I'm glad, amen. You don't have to be much to do much, amen? But if we'll let God just tie our hearts together and we'll bind ourselves together, amen, God will use us to help a lot of people out there that find themselves in the pit of sin or maybe even believers that are going through a difficult time. God wants to help us pull people up, amen, and put their feet in the right direction.